You're listening to the Building Wealth in Your 20s podcast, the show which puts you in the driver's seat of your financial future. Young people taking their money seriously. And now, here's the latest from Building Wealth in Your 20s. This is an article from February 14th, 2016. Market timing. Market timing. What it is and why you suck at it. How do you make money in the stock market? Simple. Buy low, sell high. Of course, it's simple, but it's not very easy. If it were, everyone would do it. And of course, people try, but most fail. It's called market timing. And if you're lucky enough to win the recent mega lottery, you probably won't do this right either. But what if you could do it? What if you could enjoy the dot-com bubble of the late 90s? Remember when Alan Greenspan said there was too much irrational exuberance out there? People were buying with reckless abandon. Some of those tech stocks just seemed unstoppable. No profit? No problem. P.E. returns of 900? No problem. Sure, those stocks would rise forever the same way that uh, oak trees grow infinitely tall. Let's say you invested $1,000 in 1990 when it was when the uh, Dow was at 2500 By the year 2000, the Dow had risen to 12000 Your $1,000 investment was now worth $4,800. Great job, but we're just getting started. Now imagine in 2000, you realize that, that companies with no earnings and high valuations might be as smart as juggling rattlesnakes, so you sold at the top of the market. Good thinking. The market dropped to just about 7800 and you're still sitting on all cash. Now you buy back in in 2002, which is great timing because it was at the bottom, just like no one said at the time. The market then started to swell once again, based heavily on the housing market, which seemed to defy the odds and inflate the way a balloon doesn't in a needle factory. But in 2007, the market had gone up to 1400 Your initial investment of $1,000 was now worth $8,615. That's not bad for 17 years of playing with the stock market. And you only had to make three trades so far. But you're just getting started. Now, let's say you decide to sell out just in time again to watch stocks which were too big to fail, fail. Plus, the real estate market had a slight hiccup, as we call it, as people realized that investing in real estate, which doubles every year, was a bad idea. Plus, the real estate market had a slight hiccup as people realized that investing in real estate, which doubles each year, was as bad an idea as do-it-yourself home dentistry. So again, you sold out, which is good because the market crashed again down to nearly 6,000. Then you pile back in with your $8,615. And then again, you sell in 2015 when the Dow hits 18,200. You now have $23,756 in cash. Wow, you really did well, or you were lucky. Sadly, no one did this. No one. Some people were able to predict one move or another, but most people call the top too late and the bottom too early. In fact, when Alan Greenspan warned of our irrational exuberance in the Dow, the Dow was only at 6,400. But if we had paid attention, we would have missed that dot-com bubble and the subsequent pop. If you had invested your $1,000 in 1990 and just ignored it, it'd be worth a little more than 6,000. Overall, that's still not bad. But not only are people bad at market timing, they seem to do exactly the wrong thing. When the market dropped to 6,800 a few years ago, a coworker told me that she just couldn't take it anymore and she sold everything. Of course, if she had just done nothing, she would have had all the returns, all that value returned over three years. Instead, she locked in those losses. She literally told me she'd buy it back when things went up. In other words, her plan was to sell low and buy high. One recent study, Dalbar, found that the S&P 500 rose 11.11% each year between 2000, I'm sorry, between 
1984 and 2014. If you'd invested $1,000 in 1984, it would have grown to $23,582 by 2014. But how did investors actually do? If these investors, um, these are investors who did their best to avoid the pitfalls and clear dangers, but they actually did much worse. On average, they made $2,965 or 3.69% each year. Why? Because they're bad at market timing. And so are you. It feels like we can all do better than just staying involved and playing the market. But your investment portfolio is not a garden which needs to be constantly weeded. Sure, you should review it and rebalance it from time to time. But those who actively manage their money underperform the market averages. It's the same way that actively managed mutual funds often underperform. But why? We perform badly because we let our emotions take over. We sell when things are crashing and we feel bad about it. We buy even more when the market is skyrocketing because we just made a bunch of money. We buy last year's hot stock and assume it will continue to perform well. But was last year's good performance the norm or did they just have a lucky day? Who can say? I can't and neither can you. With the recent decline in the market, we can begin here people warning of the calamity. On January 11, 2016, the Royal Bank of Scotland literally advised people to, quote, sell everything, end quote. Oil is falling and this year will be horrible. They could be right, but they just don't know. Making big moves like that are risky. It's tantamount to crying fire in a crowded theater. The key point is to stick to your long-term financial plan. If a bump in the road is making you rethink your plan, then you don't have a very good plan. If you don't have a plan, well, I don't know what to tell you. You probably need to put one together. Why not just bail out, though? After all, things look pretty bad right now. Maybe sitting on sidelines would be a good course of action. But if you do that first, you need to answer two questions. One, why are you bailing out now? Maybe you have a bad feeling about the economy. Maybe everyone else is panicking. Fair enough. Of course, if everyone is scared, then it's possibly that the fear is already priced into the economy. If the world is trading with the Dow Jones where it is today at 15900 it is because the world believes it is worth 15900 That could change with the facts, uh, but that is the value that we agree on for today. The same is true of a single stock. If you buy Apple today at $93, it's because you think it's a good buy. But where did that stock come from? Well, a seller, someone else thinks that it is not a good thing to own at 93000 I'm sorry, $93.99. They would rather trade their share for your $93.99. On average, you both agree that the value is $93.99. If you didn't agree, there wouldn't have been a sale. The second question is this. Number two, if I get out now, when do I get back in? If we are high and heading down, then eventually we'll bottom out. Can you predict when that will be? Or are you just going to buy back in when it goes down 5%, 10%, 25%? The Dow has dropped more than 50% once already in the last 10 years. If you bought it at minus 25% back then, you would still have lost 25% more. What if you panicked again at the second perceived bottom and sold again? Other analysts point out that we've had seven really good years in a row in the stock market. Maybe we're, quote, due for a pullback. Probably, but it's some pretty shaky logic. The economy has slowed and equity returns have dropped. The Dow has pulled back a lot lately, though a lot of that is due to the recent addition of the Apple to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which has increased the overall volatility of the Dow Jones. Remember that the Dow Jones Industrial Average is only a collection of 30 stocks. That's a pretty small pool of data. 
As the number of the data set approaches 30, its behavior will approach normalcy. Keyword approach. Why not just stick to the S&P 500 average, which by an amazing coincidence has 500 stocks. That's probably a better reflection of the overall market anyway. It's down slightly less than the Dow. We also know that there are problems across the world economies as oil slumps. Uh, nevertheless, there are always problems in the world. People love to say it's different this time, but it usually isn't. In general, we're going to make the same mistakes over and over again. If you're average, and most people are, you're going to be really bad at market timing, and it's probably something to avoid. Because if you sell out now, you have to guess the peak. You have to guess correctly that we are at the peak. And then you have to guess a second time correctly that we hit the bottom, and that's when you get back in. But if you are that special, you can regularly win the lottery. Maybe you should do it. You're the chosen one, so go ahead and ride that unicorn over the magical rainbow into the wonderful land of unfathomable wealth. And if you do get there, you may find yourself completely alone. Congratulations. You know what, Chuck? What? Everyone should join our online community at Facebook.com. You know what the call words are? It's Facebook.com slash Building Wealth in Your 20s. Or we got a fantabulous book. You can buy it on Amazon. What's that one called? It's called Building Wealth in Your 20s. The Building Wealth in Your 20s podcast is a product of Baird Media. This podcast is meant for entertainment and educational purposes only. Nothing should be taken as advice for you specifically. For personalized advice, don't listen to these guys. Go talk to a professional.